I got great news, guys. Kids got news. It's the news update from Game Time Decisions. News, news, news. News, 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 news. Cam got rice. Yeah. Thanks, Yang. Hey, everybody. I'm Cam Stewart, the Sports Grid News and Betting Update. Got to thank Yang for being fast on the trigger there. You want the edge, Cappers? You need to get on the grid. Philadelphia Phillies owning up with cash big time. Again, this offseason, first they landed Bryce Harper today, a pitcher. Wheeler time heading to Philadelphia. They've agreed on a five-year, $118 million deal with righty Zach Wheeler. The White Sox made an offer to Wheeler, and it was more than the $118 million, but Wheeler's wife is from the New Jersey area, and that played a vital role in his decision to go to the Philadelphia Phillies. He's one of the top pitchers available in free agency this offseason. The 29-year-old owns a 44-38 and career record with a 3.77 ERA, 1.29 whip, and 126 starts, all with the New York Mets. The big-budget Phillies starting rotation needed a lot of help. They were ranked 17th in the majors, and its combined 7.6 war was near the bottom uh, of the league right there. Atlanta Braves have signed free agent starting pitcher Cole Hamels to a one-year $18 million contract. The 35-year-old deal contains no trade protection, according to Buster Only. Hamels uh, said he wa- simply wanted to play for a contender. The four-time All-Star posting a 3.81 ERA and 27 starts with the Chicago Cubs during the 2019 season. The Braves have dished out $98.75 million this winter on new contracts. And reports indicating the L.A. Dodgers have recently met with stars Steven Strasburg and Anthony Rendon of the world champion Washington Nationals. We'll see what happens there. Uh, NFL news. Uh, Old vet, he's back. Eli Manning back in the saddle again for the New York Giants. New York Giants head coach Pat Shermer announcing today that rookie quarterback Daniel Jones is in a walking boot with a moderate high ankle spray. He is doubtful to play this uh, against the rival Philadelphia Eagles this weekend. Shermer added Eli Manning will likely be the starter on Monday Night Football when the Giants take on the Eagles. Just yesterday, Giants corner Steve Tisch hinted yesterday there could be major changes and sweeps throughout the organization following the end of this disappointing year, but they're letting Eli go out with a bang. Cam Newton plans to undergo foot surgery for the injury that had sidelined him since week two of the season. This according to the NFL Network. It was reported in November that Newton was considering the procedure, but it was unclear why Cam waited until now to resolve the foot issue. The 30-year-old passer visited a specialist and recovery was going very, very slow. He got hurt in the Panthers' first preseason game and hid the severity of the injury from the Panther coaching staff and doctors. The team can coach Ron Rivera yesterday as well, so lots going on in Carolina. Busy night in hoops. 7 o'clock games, Milwaukee minus 8 at Detroit, 224. We got Phoenix minus 1.5 at Orlando, 214 is your total. Golden State at Charlotte, Hornets minus 2.5, 213, 730 action. Brooklyn, three-point favorites at Atlanta, 229 is your total. Miami and Boston Celtics minus 5.5, 209.5, 8 o'clock action. Memphis and Chicago Bulls, minus 6.5, 223. We got Indiana at OKC, Thunder laying 1, 209. 8.30, Milwaukee at Dallas, Mavericks minus 4.5, 229. 9 p.m., Lakers in Utah, good one there. The Jazz, 2.5 point favorites, 212 your total. 10 o'clock, Sacramento at Portland, Blazers minus 4, 216. NCAA hoops, top 25 games, busy night in college, early start, 6.30, Penn at number 23, Villanova, Wildcats, 13.5 point favorites, 151. 7 p.m., Florida A&M at Tennessee, Vols minus 30 in that game. Good one here. Number five, Virginia at Purdue. Big line movement, too. Virginia once favors now the Boilermakers, minus two and a half. Look at, listen to this total. 101 and a half. We're almost getting under 100. 730, Notre Dame at number three, Maryland. Terps, minus nine and a half, 141. Nine o'clock, Texas State at number nine, Gonzaga. Zags, minus 29, 150. Another good one at 930. 
six, Ohio State at North Carolina, number seven, Tar Heels laying three, 138. Ayola Marymount at number 20, Colorado Buffs, 17-point faves, 122. Eastern Washington at 22, Washington Huskies minus 15 and a half, 147. And Utah State laying 22 and a half against San Jose State. NHL News, San Jose Sharks forward Evander Kane won't be suspended for a hit on blue liner Racco Gudis last night, a cheap elbow. He was fined five grand and got a five-minute major and a game misconduct. He's already served a suspension for ripping an official earlier this year. There's four games on the ice tonight, 7 o'clock. Colorado at Toronto Leafs laying a quarter, six and a half. Leaf star Mitch Marner will make his return to action tonight. Eight, St. Louis at Pittsburgh. Pens minus 15. Six is your total. 9.30, Ottawa at Edmonton. Oilers minus 200, six and a half. And at 10 o'clock, we got Washington laying 45 cents at L.A., six and a half. Golf Hero World Challenge. Gary Woodland and Patrick Reed share the lead after round one at six under. I'm Cam Stewart. Gabe Morenci hosts Red Heat and Rage. He's on location at the FanDuel Sportsbook. We'll talk, break down the whole board today. Mark Lawrence and Gamblu, we love Wednesdays. Red Heat and Rage on Sports Grid Hour 1 is coming up next. All you have to decide is what to do with the time that is given to you. Game time decisions. All right, let's roll. Game time decisions. Ready that rage has to be done. Get on the grid. I'm Renzi with Little Town here. Sports Grid Studios, FanDuel Sportsbook at uh, the Metal at the Raging Redhead Cam Stewart um, is now available. If uh, you break your computer, he can uh, he can fix it. Uh, he can unlock your phone. All your, right. your standard uh, services. As, yes. uh, Cam is now a computer computer engineer. And it uh, goes to show, right? It's like sort of like betting. You got to keep it simple um, if you want to win. And if you want to fix something, you keep it simple and you put your computer in a, a cardboard box uh, full of rice. Yes. We've heard about that trick for cell phones uh, before. I tried it for a cell phone. My cell phone was too far gone once a couple of years ago uh, for that. But evidently, the rice worked for you. It sure did, Gabe. And I got to give our boy uh, Yang a lot of credit, you know. His days on the scooter, the adventures, he's telling me about health tips with the key limes and the prunes, the things that keeps him light and not acting like a grandpa, despite us calling him gramps. But he said, douse that baby in rice last night. And it was crazy. I'm talking to Wetzel and these other guys. I got the rice going. I'm flipping my computer like I'm working, giving it a nice coating of rice and putting it underneath. And hey, I'll tell you, man, at first, nothing, nothing, nothing. And then I saw some color come to the keyboard when you see. When you see the cap locks button light up, I'm like, there is life. There has to be something in there. And slowly but surely, Gabe, kind of like Scottish porn, it just kind of cleared out, and then the screen came back. So, uh, hey, man, I'm just happy to have a computer. I can't have, imagine I had to go back. And also, there's programs on it that, like, the guy loads on, right? The radio call-in, microphone stuff. Like, I'd have to get all the new stuff. Like, I was very, very... I was panicking last night. I gotta tell you that. If a good measure, if a good measure, Cam left a couple grains of rice in there just in case of anything. Yeah, that's right. I was cleaning it out today, Marenzi. The rice is getting fat from uh, all uh, all the water it sucked up there too. It looks yeah, pregnant, yeah. but yeah, just gonna leave it there. I don't want to fool around with it too much, buddy. It's fixed, and uh, you don't want to get crazy. Just want it to work. The question is, did you eat the rice after? Uh, actually, I have it in a box, and I'm going to actually eat the rice. I'm not going to throw it out. I'm just going to put it in a big cup, and I, whatever I get, I get, yeah, right? You throw that, that <laughs> rice away. You should throw that rice away. I show, no, I'm throwing the rice on be, the floor. 
the the floor away. But yeah, uh, yeah, I still got yeah. some. I still yeah. have some good grains that I could use. I think ones that uh, didn't. Nah, uh, he's probably like anything that was in a box with a computer. He's probably should not eat. Yeah, oh, okay. I guess. Yeah, the rice uh, absorbs the moisture, right? Correct. Uh, that's that's one of this you know, science, man. Good old fashioned <laughs> science, huh? Science, as you now, say. Now the question is. <laughs> yes. Yeah, the question Thomas is Dolby. Thomas Dolby blinded me with science. The the question is, uh, can Rice help us pick some winners tonight? <laughs> I don't think so. Is Rice playing? <laughs> Got to be his no. destiny. Is Rice playing? Yeah, if Rice is playing, I'm betting on Rice. That's for sure. yeah, bet against Rice. All right, get on the grid, sports grid. Mark Lawrence will join us next. NFL season is now upon us, and you can become the eighth person to win $1 million in a FanDuel or DraftKings tournament by setting their lineups using the DailyRoto.com DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy sports and not using DailyRoto.com, you're doing it wrong. Sign up now for the NFL access with a faster optimizer, smarter DFS projections, and better results. Enter promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. DailyRoto.com, where millionaires are made. Game Live continues tonight at 8. We'll be uh, breaking down all the games. ACC uh, Big Ten uh, Challenge uh, continues tonight. Uh, but we've got Mark Lawrence right now. Maybe we'll get to a little basketball. But, uh, of course, it's conference championship uh, week uh, this evening, uh, this uh, this week in college. Uh, football starts on Friday. Uh, Pac-12 uh, championship. Yet, uh, great time of the year right now, man, to be a college uh, sports fan. you got basketball and football uh, going on. Mark Lawrence, playbook.com, joins us. Mark, always a pleasure. How you doing? I'm doing terrific, Gabe. How was your Thanksgiving? It was okay, Mark. You know, I just want to say it's a little loud here right now. They're coming down the stretch in your backyard at Gulfstream. Gulfstream. <laughs> race 10. Oh, it's close race, too. That one. Oh, boy. Well, listen oh, to these the guys go, the huh? Outside. Who's going to win? Oh, yeah. Bye ahead. It looks like the two got it. I love how quiet it goes, how quickly. Boom, race is over, silence. Until the next race pops up. But tell you, running on the turf over at Gulfstream. But yeah, yeah, happy and belated, happy Thanksgiving, Mark. Holiday season is upon us. It's amazing, isn't it? I guess as we get older, these seasons go by faster. But it's crazy, man, like how fast this college football season's gone, man. It's already championship week. It's really, really uh, hard to believe that we're going to be talking about bowl games here in a couple of weeks, the bowl pairings, and then all about the college football playoff championship game. So that's the stage that where we're at right now. I get a little bit sad just thinking about that, but at least we've got some NFL football to carry us over from now until the playoffs. And you'll get some more sleep now, I would imagine, too. Yeah, <laughs> I would think more so, More time yeah. for Mrs. Lawrence. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a good point, yeah, more <laughs> Yeah. You're right. It slows down in championship week. Yeah. More time for Mrs. Lawrence. Good call. You know, the, we'll get to the bowl games, but I think bowl games are like the hardest thing in sports to bet on almost now. Like, man, they're tricky. Like, a bowl game, you learn quick, guys. Like, in a football game, whether you're on the right or the wrong side. Like, it's if you notice, they're always blowouts, man. Like, you got to just pray that you you pick like it's like, it's like Russian roulette, man. 
you you just pray that you're on the team that cares more than the other team in these bowl games. But man, we'll we'll talk about money management for bowls moving forward. But it is championship week, and let's get right into this, guys. So there's been so much talk about who the four team is going to be. Um, that is assuming that Georgia loses the game, which they actually might not. But mm. let's start off with Friday's game. The Utes are six and a half point favorites. And people are talking about, well, Utah needs style points and Utah are going to throttle them and Utah this, Utah that. And you know, I'm thinking, you know what? It's not like the Ducks are going to roll over for these guys. They're playing for a Pac-12 championship. The Ducks might not be going to the playoffs, but you know, they'll, be, they'll be more than happy to end up going to the Rose Bowl if it's all said and done with an you know, uh, 11-2 record and beating uh, the Utah Utes for the Pac-12. Like, let's not forget. These kids do play for conference championships still. I just think that no one's really talking about the added pressure that's now on the Utah Utes, Mark. I agree 100%, Gabe. Uh, you know, the, uh, either way, the Rose Bowl is going to get one of these two teams. Uh, Utah, if they lose and fall to them, or Oregon, if they win and go to them. So the Rose Bowl makes out from this uh, Pac-12 championship game. But I'm with you. Uh, I'm looking at uh, statistically at these games here, pouring through my midweek alert here this afternoon. And, you know, you've got uh, two teams with pretty similar stats here. I mean, Oregon's uh, offense is a little bit better than Utah's, and Utah's defense is a little bit better than Oregon's. Uh, In fact, there was a stretch. Oregon went through a five-game stretch, which they allowed only one offensive touchdown in that period of time. So they can slap on the defense, can the Ducks, uh, when needed. Uh, Interesting thing here that you got Utah riding an eight-game straight up and ATS winning streak. And I ran that into my database to see exactly what we're looking at in a situation like that because, as you might imagine, they're rather rare birds you don't get too many of them, but uh, in the, my database, going back to 1980, there have been 13 teams that were on a streak like Utah's on, and of those 13 teams, five times the streak lost, trying to make it nine straight. They went eight and five straight up, and only five and eight against the spread. So the pressure is there for those football teams as well. And uh, tuck this in the back of your cap that if Utah does get the winning cover here. There have only been two teams that stretch it out to 9-0 and straight up in ATS, and both of those teams met their Waterloo in a bowl game. They both lost and failed to beat the spread. So, you know, Utah is going to taste defeat sooner or later, either here in this game against Oregon or in their first what would be a playoff game if they make it to the playoffs in the Final Four seed. This game Friday night at 8 o'clock Eastern, and I'm looking at the schedule here, Cam and Mark, and it's ridiculous. Like, um, the the Mac play on Tuesday nights all year for the most part. Well, once the baseball season ends, so they can get some exposure. The Mac the Mac championship game cam used to be Friday afternoon. Like Correct. I know I used to bet this. So it'd be it would be Friday night, like, you know, six o'clock, four o'clock. Yep. They'd sort of schedule it before another game type on of Saturday. deal. But I'm looking now. You're playing your Mac championship game Saturday at noon. At the same time the Big Twelve championship is on. Uh, you know, Big 12. You got Baylor and Oklahoma at noon. Uh, you got Memphis, Cincinnati coming up later. You got Georgia. It's just, I don't know, maybe it was a scheduling conflict with the stadium. I don't know. I, I, I don't know why they wouldn't have this game on Friday. So, actually, people would pay attention to it. But we'll go in order of the rotation. You got Oregon and Utah. Baylor and Oklahoma 
Listen, all the talk about Utah, Oklahoma's probably going to be the one to get in. And we got Kyle Hamburg uh, here in our chat. And, you know, he's a Georgia guy. We'll get to Georgia in a second. And with Georgia can really change everything with winning this football game, and they're more than capable of doing it. But yeah. I also get the feeling, Mark, and I read the playbook, I get the feeling Oklahoma are ready for Baylor this time and Oklahoma don't mess around. And Oklahoma's offense is just so good. They can score on anybody. Ultimately, I still believe the Sooners are going to find a way into this playoff somehow. But it's Oklahoma minus eight against Baylor. It seems like a lot of people like Baylor this week, Mark. Well, they do because of the revenge factor here. But as we pointed out in the newsletter, same-season revenge really is a bad uh, a bad situation for teams because I beat you once, I'll beat you twice when it comes to conference championship games. And there's a ridiculous number against Baylor when you go up against a good team like Oklahoma that has either one or zero losses on the season. Nine times they've done that in same-season rematches. They've lost all nine games on the scoreboard and only beat the spread one time. I'm with you. I think Oklahoma is a football team that's on the cusp, sitting right here, right now, waiting for the cards to fall their way. And, you know, they'll know a little bit more about where they're at when the game plays Saturday after the Utah game is over because if Utah loses, uh, that's going to put Oklahoma in a pretty nice position here to wax Baylor and to steal that final four seed, if you will. then again, if Georgia wins, Georgia's going to retain their uh, their seeding, and LSU will likely fall to the number four seed. So Oklahoma's going to need a little bit of help here, but I think they're the team that can move up more so than Utah after the dust settles this weekend. Cam? Mark, uh, let's talk about that uh, MAC championship, and Gabe, Gabe brings up a good point. And what have we learned over the years? Regular season or, or bowl games? Dogs. We talk about it. The dogs been dominant. In this series, as we look at read in the playbook, seven, three, and one, they've won uh, the last three ATS as well. But lots of question marks around star players too. Gabbard, this is interesting. But Central Michigan, they've ended the season quite strong. Mark in their last game, they absolutely looked fantastic. But laying six and a half with the chips is a little bit harder to do versus a very good Miami Miami of Ohio team. This one could go down to the wire and be real tight. I think it can exactly. You know, if it's all about whether or not uh, uh, Gabbert plays for Miami of Ohio in this football game, he is one of these mysterious left the game at halftime with no word about why and no word about his condition here. I've been scouring the internet to find out what's going on, and they're not even acknowledging that he's even on the roster. So I don't know if they're protecting him, Brett Gabbard, or what the deal is, but, you know, when he plays, they're a completely different football team. This is going to have to be one of these last-minute checks to make sure he's going to be uh, behind center for Miami. If he is behind center, I'm going to like them plus the points. As you mentioned here, Cam, Central Michigan's playing some really good football right now. Uh, They're closing like a a freight train. They've won six of the last seven football games coming into the contest here. But Miami's got good numbers of their own as well. And I would dismiss that game that we saw last week because of the Gabbard injury. We'll talk about that when we come back, okay? Perfect. NFL season is now upon us, and you can become the eighth person to win $1 million in a FanDuel or DraftKings tournament by setting their lineups using the DailyRoto.com DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy sports and not using DailyRoto.com, you're doing it wrong. Sign up now for the NFL access with a faster optimizer, smarter DFS projections, and better results. Enter promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. DailyRoto.com, where millionaires are made. 
best competition with dailyroto.com and dominate on FanDuel and DraftKings this season. Compete with the pros with the dailyroto.com optimizer, the most accurate projections in NBA DFS, plus lineup alerts, breaking news, late swap support, and a whole lot more. Save 10% on winning NBA DFS advice with the promo code DUNK. Visit dailyroto.com slash dunk to learn more. dailyroto.com where millionaires are made, guys. And remember, get on the grid. You want that edge and follow us on YouTube at the Sports Grid Network. All your fantasy and sports wagering needs all the time. And on Instagram at SportsGrid TV. Now back to Gabe and our buddy Mark Lawrence. Uh, bad news for USC Trojan fans. Clay Helton has just been extended. They really right. don't want to win, evidently, <laughs> in Los Angeles. Wow. Just pro committed to go, Mark. Um, I don't know how long the extension. I think it's just another year. Let's see. Just uh, for the record, Clay Helton uh, to return. Breaking news, Clay Helton set to return. As head coach, when Mike Bobby came in, blah, 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 reporting he's going to return for the 2020 season. Uh, back, heading into 2020, work together, look at all aspects of the football enterprise and make tough decisions necessary to compete at a championship level. So yeah, Mike Bond's the new uh, AD there. He goes, heading into 2020, Coach Helton and I will work together to take a hard look at all aspects of the football enterprise and uh, make the tough decisions necessary to compete at a championship level. Yeah. The tough decision necessary was to fire Clay Helton <laughs> like, to compete at a championship level. Like He's just not a championship caliber coach. Let's just be real. I mean, a nice guy and stuff, but USC has too much talent and too big time of a program to have this guy as their coach, in my opinion. But let's keep blasting through these, uh, these other games. Um, so you mentioned it, Cam. I'm with you. But as Mark stated, we've got to keep our eye on the Miami-Ohio quarterback situation. Yeah. With a Mac, I'm always looking to bet an underdog. We have Lafayette and App State. Uh, App State's laying six and a half. UAB and FAU. FAU minus seven and a half. Those games are kind of flying under the radar. Mark, is there any reason we should be paying attention? Any uh, strong angles on a Lafayette-App State game or, or a UAB in Florida Atlantic? Well, they're both... Um one common denominator, both of the, uh, the games are at the site of Florida Atlantic and App State, which has oh, really yeah. worked home out all, all that well for either team. Uh, home home sites are not money-making propositions betting football teams. Uh, FAU, I'm a little bit concerned about this team, uh, just simply from the standpoint that Lane Kiffin is out there rubbing noses with other Power 5 conference uh, programs right now. He's doing what, Arkansas. what Lane Yep. I mean, he's just, you know, that's what he does. He goes, he, he resurrects his career at the expense of other smaller schools, and he's doing that with FAU right now. And I don't think that's going to help the football team because between now and when the bowl season comes, I don't know about between now and Saturday, but between now and when the bowl season comes, I don't think he'll be coaching this football team during the bowl games. Uh, I like UAB in this football game. They're a really well-balanced football team. I love Bill Clark as a head coach. He does everything a coach is supposed to do as opposed to Lane Kiffin, who does everything a coach is not supposed to do. And you're taking a, a, a dog with the Blazers here. I mean, I think they have to be the right side of this football game. You got Cincinnati and Memphis. Um, this game was interesting. I felt just short with the total. Yeah, they just they just played Mark and, and Cam and Cam. You know, looking at the playbook, I think Mark disagrees. But you said you know it's tough to beat the same team. I think that's a little bit cliched. But I don't know. I almost expect more from Cincinnati. Like I don't think you know Cincinnati sort of knew no matter what they're coming back here this week, right? For for the most part, they were going to end up playing them. So 
You know, it's pretty much the same number, but Mark, you think that uh, Memphis can pull away in this game? I do, because this is one of five same-season revenge rematches in a conference championship game, and like I said, it hasn't uh, boded well for the teams that are seeking the revenge. Uh, it also happens to be a right-back rematch for Cincinnati in the contest, where there have only been three of those in my database, and they've worked out pretty well for the team that lost a season-ender and comes right back in the rematch. They've gone 2-1 and one straight up and against the spread. Two times they were a dog, and both times they cashed. That's good news for Cincinnati, but to me, I think Cincinnati is the fraud of college football this year. Uh, When you look inside their numbers, and I do that in our midweek alert newsletter here, I see a football team that I wonder why they even have a winning record this year. Uh, you look at their stats, my goodness, this team continues to get pounded in in the stats on the football playing field against their opponents. They're riding a three-game in the stat record right now, and you go back on them the last eight games, they've only won the yards one time. Uh, So you can't live on smoke and mirrors alone, and I think Cincinnati is going to find that out here. It's really rather rare to come back and use a team to beat a team twice in two weeks, both at the scene of the crime, but uh, again, I'm going to go to the stats part of this football game and want no part of Cincinnati in this game. Mark Lawrence, playbook.com uh, uh, with us. All right, it leads us in uh, to the SEC Conference Championship game, Georgia and LSU. The SEC is an interesting conference in the, in the sense that teams don't play each other all that much. You know, like you figure like, oh, wow, you're in the same conference, but there's there's often a big gap in between these teams playing. Now, it's interesting because these two teams played last year, but before that, they hadn't played since 2013. Before that, 2011. There's really not a lot of recent history to take away from this, Mark. No, there's not. Uh, not a lot of history, per se, is what you would expect. But, uh, you know, the bottom line to me, uh, you're talking about the uh, Georgia LSU game, correct? Yes, sir. Okay, that's right. I thought about making sure we're on the right conference here. The bottom line to me is you've got a, a, a team in LSU that can win this game and still go to the college football playoffs. You've got a team in Georgia that doesn't win this game. They don't go to the playoffs. That makes Georgia coming with everything they've got in this football game. LSU can make a mistake, not win the game, and still have it be mission accomplished for this football team. Now, look at the Georgia Bulldogs in this contest here. They bring a hellacious defense into the football game here, something LSU knows nothing about this football season. Uh, They rank number two in scoring, three in red zone defense, three in pass uh, defense efficiency, and number four overall. And what I really like out of all those numbers is number three in pass defense efficiency. And I'm saying that because LSU Joe Burrow has put up these monster numbers this football season, but largely against weak passing secondaries. It's not going to be the case in this football game. Uh, the secondaries that he's gone up against, I think the average number, uh, number 64 overall ranking. So he's going to find the going to be a little bit difficult, a little bit different, taking on this Georgia defense here. And I realize Burrow can put his final stamp on the Heisman Trophy in this football game, but I like hungry dogs with better defenses that have reasons to play football games. I think Georgia wins the game and goes on to the college football playoffs. Wow, wins outright. I tell you, Cam, yeah. hard to refuse. Uh, just like Duke last night at yep. plus six and a half was hard to turn that down. It's hard to turn down plus seven with a, with an 11-1 and football team and, and maybe the best defense in the country, Cam. 
I agree 100%, Marenzi. And don't get fooled. I think Mark brings up a good point, too. LSU, before that, they were getting absolutely lambasted. Ole Miss ran up the score against them. I watched that game in, in its entirety. Um, the other game with Alabama, if not for injuries, that could have been a different story. And LSU kind of put they really turned it on against a beat-down Texas A&M team uh, last week, and they really ran up the score. So I, I like the points with Georgia. I got to tell you guys something, too. That total to me, uh, 54 and a half. Uh, I, I think the old, like, I don't know how, I think Georgia can score on LSU's defense. And d- despite Georgia having a good defense, LSU is a prolific offense, Gabe. Like, I usually look for unders in these type of games. I don't know, 54 and a half, buddy. What do you think? I think we're going to have uh, scoring in the dome, too. It's a classic. It's a classic one side or the other. I mean, Georgia are 9 and 3 to the under on the year, and LSU are 8 and 4 to the over on the year. Over. It's a classic, uh, you know, defense uh, versus offense dichotomy here. But one thing I'll say, whenever, you know, whenever you have like a bad team defensively like LSU where average is, I sort of prefer the team with the better defense because, you know, I think Georgia's offense will suddenly look better, Mark, against LSU. Now, LSU did step up last week against um, – uh, against A&M. Texas A&M. They did play some, you know, they, they, the Texas A&M, the Aggies only scored seven points in that football game. And then LSU do have NFL caliber talent on the defensive side of the ball. I think they just sort of ended up in these track meets. I don't know if their defense is as bad as the numbers would indicate, but you could argue Georgia's a more complete football team than them. I think they are a more complete football team as well. You know, it's sort of like the NFL MVP race, if you will. Russell Wilson's the more complete quarterback. Lamar Jackson's having an MVP type season, uh, with, you know, with a completely different style of game. I think that's the same uh, parallel that we can draw to this football game. One other note that I take to the Georgia Bulldogs here is this, guys. They've been involved in five one-possession games this year. LSU has been involved in three one-possession games this year. I wouldn't be at all surprised if this doesn't become a one-possession football game. And if it does, you're looking at a dog taking seven points here. That's the only way I can look in this game. Mark Lawrence, playbook.com with us. Um, All right, moving forward. You know that's that's the you know that to me that's the game of the day. That's the one I'm really looking forward to. Then we have yep. Ohio State and Wisconsin. We've got uh, Clemson laying that big number on Saturday night as well. Ugh, um, you know some big 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 numbers here. And also we should uh, mention Hawaii. You know, hell of a season for Hawaii actually playing now in the Mountain West Conference Championship game. They're going into Boise. But I saw something in the playbook that it's it's, it's an amazing stat. 0-22 mark Hawaii against the spread. If they lose, so it's not like a case. If they lose a conference game, they don't cover. When they lose, they lose, and they don't cover the number. Yeah, they have a, a habit of beating up on bad teams and uh, not playing well against good teams, and that's the reason they're 0-22 to the number when they don't win a football game. You're going to be at a cold-weather site you know, for a balmy Hawaii football team here. That's not, I don't think, going to work out in their favor here as well. Uh, I think their season was made just by the fact that they made it to this conference championship game. Season complete for Hawaii here. I think Boise State's got a statement to make because they're in the running for that New Year's Six Bowl game. All right, hang in here, Mark. We'll take a quick uh, break on the other side. We'll get you out of here. We'll just hit those Saturday night uh, games. Game time decisions continues. Get on the grid. 
NFL season is now upon us, and you can become the eighth person to win $1 million in a FanDuel or DraftKings tournament by setting their lineups using the DailyRoto.com DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy sports and not using DailyRoto.com, you're doing it wrong. Sign up now for the NFL access with a faster optimizer, smarter DFS projections, and better results. Enter promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. DailyRoto.com, where millionaires are made. All right, I see that the biggest story of the day is the Phillies acquire Zach Wheeler. Seems to be leading all our headlines. We're kind of deceiving people, guys. I don't know why it says Gabe and Cam break down Zach Wheeler. I don't care about the Zach Wheeler deal. Good for him. (laughs) Zach Wheeler's side today. Mark Lawrence is with us. He's not breaking down a Zach Wheeler deal. Uh, Gamble's going to join us. Lou's going to talk football and fighting. He's going to say, I have no opinion on the Zach Wheeler deal. Uh, Yeah, if we can... I sent an email about it. Uh, if we can, can we shake that up a little bit? Uh, we're talking NFL and college football. By the way, Zach Wheeler signed a deal. Yeah. All right, yeah. Mark Lawrence is uh, with Listen us uh, right now. I'll catch you up. I'll catch you up on the yeah, information like, on the update. Thank you. I got to be honest. Like we'll, we'll, we'll handle our internal business later, but I'm starting to wonder like, <laughs> like, like why I even type what I type if we never actually use what I type. But uh, we'll get to that later. Uh, no, no panic. As I stated in the email, I said, not pissed, baffled. <laughs> See, Cam, I took the edge off it. I wasn't like, what the F is going on? Yeah, I was yeah. like, just, not upset, just baffled. Just, just baffled. Yeah. Uh, yeah, just baffled. All right, Mark Lawrence uh, with us to help us uh, not be baffled with these games uh, this week. We'll get Mark out of here in a couple of minutes. Uh, Virginia Clemson, Clemson's length 28 points. They've just murdered everybody ever since that North Carolina game. And then you've got Ohio State and Wisconsin, which, I don't know, I'm starting to believe that this number might not be high enough, actually. I hate betting on Ohio State, though. I have a bad track record. I think they pretty much covered every week this week, except, of course, when I took them against Florida Atlantic in week one. But uh, that's besides the point. Rutgers oh, yeah, and of course, yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, they don't cover against Rutgers either, of course. Um <laughs> But they're they're in too. I don't know. It's kind of weird these games. What do you make of the big games here, Mark? Can you are you taking Virginia with confidence, or is it just sort of you don't want to lay twenty eight? Well, of the games you mentioned here, Gabe, uh, I'm going to go so far as to say that uh, we're going to. Uh, I mean, it's my my opinion that we're going to see Ohio State and Clemson playing for the cheese, the two teams that have absolutely bar none the best numbers of any teams in college football. To get there, though, they're going to have to get past their opponents this week, which uh, they're expected to do comfortably. Uh, the Ohio State Buckeyes taking on the Wisconsin football team. That the the thing that I think stuff jumps off the page the most to me is the fact that when Wisconsin went to the horseshoe in Columbus, uh, they they were taking fewer points than they are right now on a neutral field. So the Buckeyes have been really compensated for for all the success they've had. Uh, it's rare that you'll find a team uh, in a situation like this without the home field advantage for the Buckeyes here. They just pounded Minnesota. They were up by 30 points with over a minute remaining in that football game, so they played a lot better than perhaps maybe the final score showed. But then again, Ohio State ripped Michigan apart, outscored them 42-14 to from the second quarter on out in that game. Uh, 
but I'm going to say this, that same season revenge struggles in these conference games and especially against those 9-16 teams, 0-9 straight up and 1-8 to the spread. Wisconsin fits that bill. So that being the case, no Badgers for me in this game. As far as Clemson is concerned in their football game, uh, you know he doesn't want to take his foot off the pedal, and I can completely understand that. My goodness, he's won 27 games in a row as Dabo Swinney, and uh, you know who's to say that um, maybe he's not coaching the Carolina Panthers next football season here? We don't know that yet, but I'm only throwing out some speculation there. Uh, yep. But coming into this football into this football game uh there's a, a really negative number to clemson if you want to if you think it's anything number one undefeated teams in the playoffs have really struggled they're only 22 and 11 straight up which means one-third of the times they've taken their first loss in these conference championship games and only 16 and 17 to the spread uh in clemson's case teams that come into the conference championship game after having allowed three or fewer points their previous game they're just two and thirteen to the spread when they won and covered that game. So that's a negative number for Clemson to have to overcome here. And you've got in Bronco Mendenhall, a coach that uh, has really excelled, taking fourteen or more points. He's five and zero to the spread in his career. I can only take the points in that football game, but uh, I'm going to not be reaching real deep in either football, my pocket for either of those two games. All right, well, Mark, we could keep you all night, but I know you're a busy man, and we appreciate your time. So one last game on the way out. Uh, the football game tomorrow, Dallas Cowboys and the Chicago Bears. It's up to three right now. It's two and a half. It finally hits three. Cowboys are laying three. Uh, the public goes right back to the window uh, with Dallas here. It's speaking of pressure, and I've been talking about this all week. Jerry Jones really is not doing. Forget, like, you know, you want to terrorize Jason Garrett. Fine. You're not helping your football team and the players either. Right? There's just been so much uncertainty and chaos around the Cowboys, and really for no reason. They lost by four points to the Patriots, and Jerry Jones flips out. Then they lose to the Bills, and then he starts crying, talking about how he loves Garrett so much, and he's crying. Now, the other day, he's talking about, you know, cryptically, Garrett will be a coach next year. But, you know, with a grin. You know, what does it mean? With you, somewhere else? Like, he's not helping. And they always have these short weeks, Mark. Right? Like, they played on Sunday. Jones flips out about Garrett. Somehow he's got to prepare for the Buffalo Bills three days later. Now it's just this. Um, hopefully for their sake, Garrett's just tuned him out now for his own sake and the players. Because Jerry Jones loves the team, but he's actually hurting the team right now. I agree 100% with that assessment. Uh, you know, I don't know, like we said before in the past, what pictures it is that Jason Garrett has of Jerry Jones. I mean, there's no reason I can't understand why he's still the head coach in this league. Uh, now they're coming into this football game off of a Thanksgiving Day game, and there's not good numbers for teams that blew straight up as a favorite on Turkey Day. And the very next game, they're only 8-14 and 14 to the spread and 2-7 and seven straight up into the number in those games if it's a non-division getting a little bit better game by game. They're not going to they're not going to make the playoffs, they're not going to do anything other than perhaps play a little better in the second half than they did the first half. But I think the answer to the Dallas Cowboys is really a simple one, and it doesn't take a medical doctor to figure it out. Simply put, the Dallas Cowboys have got a bad case of the clap. That's Jason Garrett the clapper. And until they get rid of him, until they get rid of him, the problems will continue in Dallas. 
up. It'll be interesting to see. You mentioned Dabo Sweeney, Carolina. I threw that out there this morning. You know, Lincoln Riley's name's going to come up often here, often with Dallas, but maybe Carolina beat him to the punch yeah. and try to hire him. And I just wonder, though, how many coaches are going to be lining up to want to work for Jerry Jones? I know it's such a high-profile job. It's a great gig, Dallas Cowboys and all that, but you've got to be a yes man. Him. And Jerry's going to, yeah. And he's, yeah, he's going to have to come to the conclusion that it's going to be harder to win with a yes man as he as opposed to bringing some football people. Thing is, he's been good at drafting players. Like, he has been good. They do have a good roster, but I, I don't disagree. I, I wouldn't have Jason Garrett as the coach, but you also don't sabotage your own season. If you do it, fire him then. You know what I mean? Instead of just playing games after every game now, uh, these head games that he plays. Uh, Mark Lawrence, playbook.com. Check it out. It's a wealth of information. Uh, if you're laying it down and betting, you know, you can really, really help you. Very, very affordable as well. Mark, it's always a pleasure. Thanks a lot for taking the time to be with us. Hey, it's my pleasure as always, guys. Enjoy the games. Be well. I'll catch you next week. Take care, There's Mark. Mark Lawrence. Playbook.com. And I was kind of thinking about the Cowboys here. Thing with the Bears, you know, as he stated, they're not going to make the playoffs, but they also haven't given up on the playoffs. Yeah. They know they need to run the table, essentially. They're 6-6 six and six right now. They have played better over the last couple of games. The weather, though, really won't be a factor, Cam, tomorrow. Like, uh, it's not, you would expect, like, frigid in Chicago and stuff, but it really is. It's going to be like, it's not. It's not that bad. It's not even that windy, actually. So weather won't be a factor. Cowboys season's on the line, man. They lose this game, Garrett's going to get fired. Yeah. Like, I imagine Jerry would fire him because they would have, like, nine days to get ready for the next game or ten days, whatever. I imagine if the Cowboys lose tomorrow, Garrett gets fired, Cam, after the game type thing. The only the reason, morning. like, I would take the Bears as a home dog, strictly, strictly, like, just out of principle, Gabe, but I worry about that offense against Dallas's defense, and you know Dallas's defense can give Trubisky a whole lot of trouble. I don't know where the points are going to come from in this game. This game looks like an old drag him out, shoot him up, punch him in the face. I think both teams are going to see a lot of punts. A lot of punts. Yeah, I'd, I'd even go under the 43. I, I don't see I don't see any points. Like, I don't know how we, uh, either team's going to no, score. I know. I don't, we'll see. I don't either, but I never win when I bet on unders. It just really upsets me. I never do. Logically, this game, I don't see where the points come from either. I mean, the Cowboys are going to try to run the ball. There could lead to turnovers, but both defenses good. are very good, yep. right? And, you know, the Cowboys' offense can be good, but it's kind of erratic now. Um, it's weird. They've gotten away from giving the ball to Zeke Elliott, actually. Like, I'd have more confidence in this under if they'd been more consistent and just giving the ball to Zeke Elliott. But in the last couple of games, man, it's been more than just two. They give him the ball early, and they just stop. You know, two games ago, he had 14 carries. They stopped giving it to him. Uh, the other night against the Buffalo Bills, same thing. They, you know, they stopped. I think he had his last carry in like with at the nine-minute mark in the third quarter. I know they fell behind, but they were also falling behind because they weren't giving him the ball. But you brought it up earlier, too. His conditioning isn't great. You can tell the whole holdout stuff. He doesn't yeah. really have that burst. Um, I've always thought he was overrated to begin with. You know, the line is really good. He plows forward for a bunch of yards. He got a million carries. He was He's durable. I'll give him that. But it's not like he breaks all these big runs or anything like that. It was more just volume and his stupid feed me stuff. 
But the thing is now, they're really not feeding him. They don't give him the ball that much, Cam. And the thing is, and by doing that, as I mentioned before, Gabe, when you watch him in patterns at the end of games, when they call upon him, he's not ready, doesn't read the play because he's disinterested and got out of the game. The Cowboys' problems are very convoluted, and yeah, you bring up a good point. Zeke's the type of guy, Gabe, you've seen his personality. He needs to be involved all the time or he checks out. That's why I've watched two or three times where on play-action passes, he didn't even run for the ball. Like, Zach put it out there to him, Prescott puts it out, and Zeke's not even there. He's like five yards off the ball. It's like it wasn't even blocked. So there's a communication problem with that team. It runs deeper. I don't know, man. It's it's a very difficult game. I like home dogs and the Bears, but I understand Dallas is desperate. But Kurtz mentioned it, too. You get the skins and eagles at the end. You could still win your division because it's so damn crappy. But they, they it's going to be a good game, a grind-em-out game. If you like old-school, like, punch-in-the-face football, Thursday's your game. It's a real battle here in this division of ineptness. Yeah. What a bad division. You got the Cowboys, it's embarrassing. the Eagles, uh, nobody the Redskins, and the, the Giants. I know. I know. They should boycott like... them. Put somebody else in. <laughs> Think about all the good teams that aren't going to get in the playoffs, you know? Like, say, Minnesota or somebody like that. One of these clowns gets in. I know. I think it's where the division winner gets in. Maybe they should change that, too. Your division sucks. You well, that's what I'm saying. If you record. look at the Bears, people can panic about how bad the Bears are whatever. They're 6-6. Six and six. If they were in the NFC East, they'd be in a first-place tie. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the only thing we talked about it, we brought it up this morning, actually, is the seeding in the NFL playoffs in which the division, like a good example, let's say the Buffalo Bills, Cam, the Bills might end up like 13-3, and 12-4. and four. Yes. They're still going to be a five seed. And like you look at wrong. San Francisco and Seattle, same yep. thing. They're both 10-2. and two. One of them is going to be a five seed. Like yep. you go from home field advantage maybe all the way to five going on the road to the wild card. And it's wrong. It's wrong. It's kind of stupid. I'm with you. It is. Yeah, stupid. it's not fair. It's like it's dumb, you know? You t- we talk about the NHL's mistakes. The NFL has just as many. Their seeding system is a joke. None of those teams, see- Seattle and San Francisco, shouldn't be punished like that. I agree with you 100%. Like, if you're a wild card, if you're a wild card teams, the team you're with a better time. record should host it then. Exactly. You know what I mean? Don't, like, you still win a division? You're both wild cards. The team with the better record hosts the yep. damn game, man. Great idea. You can't have Great 12 idea. and 4 teams going on the road, man, to play a 97 team. It doesn't make sense. I agree 100%. Get on the grid. NFL season is now upon us, and you can become the eighth person to win $1 million in a FanDuel or DraftKings tournament by setting their lineups using the DailyRoto.com DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy sports and not using DailyRoto.com, you're doing it wrong. Sign up now for the NFL access with a faster optimizer, smarter DFS projections, and better results. Enter promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. DailyRoto.com, where millionaires are made. Ken Holland, Edmonton Oilers general manager Ken Holland, says he was not aware of any uh, sort of uh, strange stuff or inappropriate language or behavior from Mike Babcock during all his years with the Detroit Red Wings. And uh, 
Yeah, you probably could have came up with a better answer. I'm calling. <laughs> like we I'm said, I've been general manager for 22 years. BS. I've had Scotty Bowman, Dave Lewis, Mike Babcock, Jeff Blaschel, Dave Tibbet. At the end of the year, I always do exit interviews. A player not liking a coach, not liking the role, not liking who they're playing with. I get that all the time. Um, he says, when you have a 23-man roster, there's going to be some players in a room that don't like the coach. Some players um, in that locker room didn't have any feelings one way or another against the coach. And there were some players in that locker room who thought he was the best coach ever. That's just the way that it always is. You know, to that extent, it's funny. Guy Carboneau, the coach of the Canadians at the time, Cam, had a great line about that. He said, 33% of the team hates you when you're the coach. He's like, about a third of the team, the players hate you. He said about a third of the uh, the, the players are indifferent to you. <laughs> and he goes, uh, a third of the team will generally like you. And he goes, as a coach's job, it's to keep the uh, the indifferent players away from the players that don't like you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Excellent point. <laughs> but it's funny that Ken Holland dropped the same line, split it into three. I've heard that, Cam, often about uh, that sort of a line in rooms. Yeah, a third of the players hate the coach, a third of the players love the coach, and a third of the players really don't care. (laughs) For sure. So you don't want to lose the ones that don't care, right, that are in between about you. But, um, yeah, I don't know, dude. I mean, this is – it's like you said, you could just tell Babcock, if he was doing this and Franzen says this, and then you find out the head games he played with Marner, yeah, you know exactly. there's more, and you know there's other kids on the Leafs that aren't coming clean about what Babcock said For to sure. them and stuff because sure. they don't want to be in the media. They don't, they don't want the attention. Yeah, Jason it's pretty Spezza. clear Babcock's a pretty big jerk, Ken. <laughs> Jason, Be- Jason Spets is a really good guy. He took the high road. He could have threw Mike Babcock under the bus, and you could tell that like Babcock didn't like him for some reason. With the new coach, he gets ice time. It's just personalities, Gabe. But when Johan Franzen, who wins a cup, tells me he's one of the worst human beings, I think it has to go deeper than that. Yeah, and what I see say. now, I didn't know this. Chris Chelio says it's true. Exactly. Chelio's as tough as they come, and he's like, yeah, yeah, Babcock's a jerk off. Ding, ding.